welcome to Relational Introvert, a podcast about the often overlooked people and leadership strengths of the quiet ones. I'm Nancy, and I look forward to sharing stories and lessons from my life, plus inviting other relational introverts to share theirs. This is very much a journey. It's a path to understanding ourselves and the diversity of people around us. So join me every Monday, and let's see where this road leads. On to this episode of Relational Introvert, I am really excited to have my guest joining me, Tamika Peoples. Tamika, thank you so much for being a part of today's conversation. Of course, Nancy. Thank you for having me. So I, before we get into our conversation, I would love for you to be able to share with everybody here a little something about yourself. A little something about Tamika. Well, one, I'm a bit of a football fanatic. Uh, the Eagles are my favorite team, but sport, I believe, really helped me shape um, what teamwork is and how to get through life. It was kind of my foundational. Um, not a person who's born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Of course, we all work very hard to get to where we're at, but uh, you know, being able to work in a team and find balance within that team really taught me a lot about life. Taught me a lot about you know. Uh, work ethic and and building teams to do great things. That's amazing. So Eagles, eh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm have from they the made West. it? How far have they made it the last couple of times? Well, listen, being an Eagles fan does not prepare you for championships. Let's put it this way. Uh, You know, one of my alters to that was I've been for many years, many years a a Chicago Bulls um, fan. I played basketball when I was growing up and, you know, the likes of Jordan and Pat Summit and um, watching the Tennessee Vols do the things they did within greatness. And it just... um, East Coast and Eastern teams just really always drew me. So I don't know how many championships the Eagles have. We have a lot of <laughs> Eastern Conference. Uh, well, that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty, yeah, you know, one dance win and then uh, several, you know, NFC championship wins. What, what are you going to do, right? You know, yeah, we are diehard green, but just, <laughs> we know sometimes we don't always get that win. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. I, you know, so it's interesting you talk about uh, sport being a big part of your life in terms of building that capacity for teamwork or appreciation for teamwork and recognizing the value that that adds. And I feel that that's sounds like that's something that's translated into other areas. Like it's something that's evolved into what you do currently as well, right? It's true. You know, it just really helped me. Um, in what I do right now, right, I, I work in within my nonprofit and we work across many different programs. We work through and with and support other organizations. And then we have to always bring together, right? A nonprofit is working, is really working for the, the benefit or for the good of the public. Uh, so we always have to bring together these unique group of people and organizations and missions and try to find the balance in what that good is going to be as a collective uh, for the public. So that has, um, again, the team piece of what is just a part of my core from you know, sport to military, I did time in the military has really helped me um, shape how we, how we service our communities. Well, I would love for you to share a little bit more about this nonprofit work that you're doing, and we can get into some of the details of it in a little bit, but can you give an idea for what's that work involve? 
Oh, yes. Thank you for asking. So I'm a founder of an organization called People's Foundation. Very long name, so I'm going to say it, but of course it's abbreviated. People's Foundation for Supporting Community, Military, and Veteran Services. You know, it's it's really started with the impetus of really trying to serve veterans in our community who I believe were, like myself, were dealing with uh, either trauma or depression or just trying to get through life and the struggles that it comes after you transition. And so, you know, that expanded uh, within several other programs for us. We we work in our community with uh, teacher organizations to bring in guest speakers and do coding and tech days for young girls and boys, right? Uh, and then we do career days for young adults and our community who, who really just want to have a better insight into the careers and the possibilities of the future. And one of our most recent programs, another outreach uh, program, but really a, a slightly different for us uh, is agricultural outreach that we're doing with uh, the USDA and the University of Purdue and several other um, organization, grassroots farming organizations to really expose new and beginning farmers to the tools and resources that USDA has for them in order to get started in farming. And that includes current farmers who, who just need to tap into new resources for the USDA. So that's been some amazing work. And, uh, you know, across all those platforms, you know, it's fundamentally about the service to our community. Wow. And it seems so eclectic too that the work that your team is doing, it's kind of started with the veteran space, but it seems to have expanded beyond that from the sounds of what you're describing, some of the work that you're getting into. Absolutely. You know, um, sometimes, you know, most times you start with the mission and vision and you do start with the one or two programs that you know your team can do. Uh, and then you realize your community has so many more needs you don't you want to bite off the, the elephant, right? But you do want to focus on things that is within your scope of capability to do and then what might meet the needs of our community. So setting something up as simple as a guest speaker for 10 teachers in our local school, that's a program we can we can template, we can be very repeatable, we have very fixed organizations we work with, and then that is something that becomes a part of the mentoring and outreach uh, extensions that we do within the community. So yes, it sounds very eclectic, but most of it is centered around outreach and the needs of our, our community. And we have people who are working in, in our fields and growing our veg, fruits and vegetables and food and working in agriculture and they have needs. So it just seems like you know, if we could bring, be the um, leading organization that brought together other organizations to do the work that needed to be done in that space, we, we were certainly up for the opportunity and it can fall certainly within the outreach that we're focused on. A lot of veterans come to us and say, yes, we're interested in farming. How do I get started? <laughs> That's really amazing. When you and I had first spoken, something that had just come out in the conversation was you talked about you being an introvert at the core. And, and so I was curious actually to get into that conversation a bit, of course, because you know this podcast is about relational introverts. So I was curious to find out from you, what about yourself makes you identify as an introvert? Like what are those things, quirks or whatever they might be that you're like, yeah, that, that is me. <laughs> those are what make me an introvert. <laughs> You know, I, I certainly like just these these solitudinal moments when I'm in um, a crowded or um, a, a big space with a lot of people. I seem to kind of just shell into myself, just kind of be the quiet Tabika that 
you know, I just at my core am, I'm very, um, I like, I'm very studious. So I, I'm very, I find myself just kind of watching the room, uh, trying to fill out a personality that I might feel comfortable speaking with, you know, and which is kind of crazy. You would think, wow, you're doing all these things, but then you're just this, this a bit of a wallflower when it comes to um, that social space. And it's not that I don't really enjoy um, the people and the connection and, and, and all of that. It's just my personality is very um, kind of closed off until I really get to know, right. um, know someone and that, in, that relationship starts to build. And then I, I, I certainly open up. So I, I find that I'm just, just naturally kind of shy and reserved and kind of would like to keep to myself for the most part, but <laughs> <laughs> so this whole, out there. <laughs> this whole shutdown period, how has that made you feel in that, in that department? Oh, no, that's a gr- good question. You know, it, it ha- it's made me feel okay. Right. You know, most of us are especially someone like myself who really considers myself an introvert. I'm very used to kind of moving in this solitude space and still be able to get things done. And if I see great friends or people like yourself, that's it. We can connect virtually. That's awesome. Um, but I can still just kind of, it, it actually gives me a little bit of peace and balance mm. um, because I, I know that sometimes as an introvert, you feel as if, oh man, am, am I really missing out? right? Am I missing these moments where I could, you know, there's connections and people and opportunities for growth. I, I feel like now it's, it's being brought to me in a way that I can kind of filter and um, immerse in differently and not feel that reserve or that um, those moments where I'm just shy and observing and just kind of looking at the world, like when and how do I connect? <laughs> Well, that's actually really well said around this idea of missing out. I can relate to that. Sometimes you see, you know, I mean, I'm going to exaggerate here. You see someone who's making all these connections and talking to tons of people and all this energy. And there is this sense of like, oh man, am I missing something? Is there something that that person has or they're able to do that I'm missing? And I feel sometimes in the quest of that, we play into something that is so not what feeds the energy reserve that we have as individuals. And it's really important for us to recognize what gives energy. And I loved what you said around the idea of like, it's not that I'm not social, I'm just social in a different way. And the challenge is that we've painted social in a certain way that if, if someone who's not, you know, why don't you want to go out all the time? Why don't you be like, I actually just, it drains me. And, you know, um, sometimes, you know, when you start to really learn yourself, right, and really, and you're so connected with who you are, I'm very much an empath, right? So sometimes the energy of a lot of people, bodies, and maybe what might be going on um, with people, I can feel that. And it, like you said, it, it's a bit, sometimes I can get drained and overwhelmed with that. Um, so it, it's just important that you balance what your energy um, and what you um, connect with and how you, how you connect, right? So I'm about the quality of the relation. So you mentioned this word empath, and I've heard a couple other people use that word before. How, how would you define that? 
we're defining as being able to feel and sense other people's energies uh, and emotions in a way that um, you can you you can really pick up on um, what they may or may not be going through, um, and it kind of it draws you to them in a way that you almost have to protect your your energy balance. If there's things that's even sometimes one might say negative about that person, it kind of can get to you, right? And so mm-hmm. that's how I would describe it as being able to really feel and sense and pick up on that. And um, y- you can only balance having so much of that come from you um, uh, and those type of connective emotions so often, right? right? And so you just really need to, for myself, I find that I need to kind of, I need to guard that a bit more um, because energy is a real thing. Uh, yes. And so I need to do those things that feed me and that I can really find that right balance with the right people. Do you find that when you, when you talk about that energy that you can pick up from other people, do you find that you tend to pick up the positive energy and the negative energy to the same degree? Or does one, do you find that you, you tend to sense one more so than the other? Um, I do sense the positive one more so than the other. Um, however, um, there's, I think there's a, a, a bit of both in, in everyone, right? So I feel the positive, but I can also feel that other stuff that may or may not be going on with that person. So Right. It's interesting you talk about the feel because that's something I can really resonate with myself, the idea of picking up on a feeling in a room. I, f- I feel I probably was unconscious to it or fought it a little bit in my, in my personal life. I feel I tried to put a lot of logic around it. This, this idea of, you know, I can sense something is here, but I was never able to verbalize it. You can't, it, not everything can be put into words. And I felt that I needed to be able to verbalize it, to be able to put it into words for it to make any sense. But this year um, I've been doing a little bit to your point, doing some work with myself for myself. And I'm starting to recognize to your point that I actually am very much of someone who picks up on feelings as much as I was trying to downplay that. That's what I do. And I recognize that I too, if I go into a room can be like, ah, something's off. Something's, something's not right in here. Or, you know, just kind of that idea of you can cut the tension Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. is something that is actually something, the feeling of tension. So I think it's a really great thing to be able to be attuned to that, to be attuned to, what am I sensing? And the fact that I can sense these things, I'm aware that I'm able to sense these things and what can I do with that? It sounds to me that when I think about the work that you're doing, a lot of that seems to feed into, like the way you are seems to feed into helping you in this bigger work that you're doing with your organization as well. That is very true. I I remember when I sat down with our team and um, outside of you know, the work we were doing with our veterans, which was really centered around um, some adaptive and therapeutic golf events and just really simple things that we can put on with our uh, local uh, community leads and our golf pro. I had a conversation with several teachers who were in my circle, right? I think most of us know teachers, nurses, we know great people. And um, they talked to me a lot about some of the things that they were seeing with these young, with young adults in our community that were you know, despair, lack of sense of hope, 
you know, no options with respect to what are the different uh, careers that I can do, no technology in the classroom. And I really, fundamentally, I felt that because at the time, my, my nephew was kind of going to school in the community and we were, I was kind of doing some events with him. And it seems like all of the young adults that I was around, there was this feeling I got from them, this feeling of hopelessness, despair, just like, okay, whatever, what am I going to do? There's nothing here to do. You know, it's just this undercurrent of a, a consistent feeling that I felt around the young adults in our community that, I, you know, I came back and I, I, I kind of brought that to how and why we built the type of programs and events that we did um, and continue to do, excuse me. So it was, it was me tapping into what I was feeling from my community and the young adults that I encounter in my community. So from that, you know, I guess, I guess one might say the rest is history, right? We, we, we partnered with organizations like Freedom Riders and, and brought events into the schools to talk about our kids are facing some significant challenges in this community. Mm-hmm. However, you know, these are the tools and tips and the resources and the things that you can do to get over and, ta- you know, and succeed and thrive uh, even through these challenges. So, um, yes, I, I tapped into a feeling. That's amazing. I'm curious to find out, you know, initially when we were talking about some of the introversion qualities and so on, how did you, how do you find yourself like those qualities that you have? How do you find that plays into your role as a leader, somebody leading a, an organization, building a foundation? I'm curious, like, are there times where they connect well? Are there times where you're finding that, there's some uh, gaps. How does that fit in for you from a leadership perspective? Great question. Um, <laughs> I, I think as, um, as a leader, I, I, I definitely, definitely, the introvert quality of me really makes me want to build a deep relationship with those who I'm asking to lead very mm-hmm. significant portions of the organization. And it how it's helped me is that um, those who are in those roles really know that I I care and I understand them as a person, and some of and the decisions that we're making we're making not only together but in consideration of of where, who they are and what they are capable of doing. So it's really helped me to understand capability, um, being able to put. Our, our team in the right position uh, and to to lead with with the heart and the mind mm. now uh, how it's kind of I believe uh, not helped me is you know sometimes as a leader <laughs> right you would love to do that you know 15 20 30 40 100 times over right but um, we're at this an interesting cusp of growth um, and it does require you to um, to move at a particular pace, <laughs> mm. and and sometimes you don't necessarily have that opportunity to um, to build what I would think is absolutely necessary to build when when I'm trying to connect with my the divisions and those who are going to lead certain areas of the company. And so, I sometimes struggle with the time to do that because we it's it's a time management thing at this point yes that's actually really interesting 
a couple of things come up for me because this idea of being able to go deep, being able to, when we, when we talk to each other, talking to you at a level where I know you, because I've spoken to you, I can make some of these personal connections. It's this quality that, um, in, in Strengths Finder, that, that, that book, um, it talks about individual individualization. That's one of those strengths, your ability to individualize the conversations you have, be able to recognize other people's strengths, not just in a broad, in broad strokes, but really being able to pinpoint it in a way to say, this is actually really meaningful. So if I was to share this with Tamika, she would be able to say, yeah, that's, I do feel you're talking exactly to me. It's interesting. It's not until more recently that I've started to see that maybe that is a strength that in those who are more introverted have because of their ability to, and their desire, not just ability, their desire to want to go a little bit deeper. Um, it was actually not until I had a recent conversation that I was like, oh, that, that this is coming up. So it seems like that is a strength, but you make a really good point. It takes time to do these things. <laughs> <laughs> to go deep and what is going deep to what degree are we satisfied so to you said you know I, I may want to go a little bit deeper but the growth stage that we're in requires us to be moving a little bit faster how deep can I go so the question then becomes is 80% good enough to go deep is 75% good enough so how do you make some of those decisions now on how deep you go so that it still satisfies you you still feel that you're in line with how you operate, but also for the betterment of this work that you're doing, the bigger work. So how are you making some of those decisions now? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> or are you still figuring that out? That's fine. I am still figuring it out. Let me tell you, but listen, you know, at this point, I, it's a, it's a 60, 40 balance um, just because of um, our capacity and need to scale and, and maneuver the programs in such a way that, you know, it, it just is honestly about time management at this point. Um, on top of knowing the work and the teams and the things that we're doing, it, um, it's a 60-40 for right now, and I'm still figuring out the rest. Um, it, it, and I'm sure as um, the rest of my team gets a better, a cons uh, not even say more consistent, into this space where we, you know, we have a clear kind of growth measured out and scale measured out, we will, I think we'll start to kind of patternize that a bit more and then be able to really roll in uh, the groups and the teammates we're going to need and be able to go to that level that I think is necessary to be able to put the right person on the team and, and move things forward. Part two of my conversation with Tamika will be available next Monday, May 25th. Listen in as we talk about what it means to lead with both head and heart as an introverted leader and how showing up in the small moments is more indicative of who we are than the big events of our lives. Hey, thanks for joining me for another episode of Relational Introvert. If you liked what you heard and you're curious about what's next, be sure to listen to new episodes every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. And if you know someone else who might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them too.